So as a pastor, uh, sometimes people will say, hey, I'm going through this season. Could you just give me a verse? I need a verse. So I'll say, well, what is it that you're going through? Maybe they'll say, I'm working for a really hard boss. It's work. It's very hard. I don't like my job. Maybe the verse I'll say for you is Colossians 3.23. No matter what you're doing, work at it with all your heart as if you're serving the Lord, not a human boss. That can be helpful. Or maybe they'll say, I'm going through a, a, a season of loss or grief or death. Well, Psalm 23 is certainly a favorite. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Well, what about this season? What's the verse for us with all the stuff that we're going through right now? I've been asking the Lord that myself, and I feel like he led me to a verse in Romans 15. Romans 15, verse 5. It says this, May the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want us to look at that verse for a minute here. Three key words you need to circle. The first is that word perseverance. May the God who gives perseverance. In the Greek, that word is hupomone. Hupomone means literally a patient endurance that says, I am not given up no matter what. May the God who gives hupomone. Circle the word gives also because notice, he gives it. He gives the hupomone. He gives the perseverance, but we have to appropriate it. We have to act on it. Sometimes you have to act upon it just by taking one step and then he gives you another bit of hoopamone and you take the next step. And so from there you move forward. I saw a picture of hoopamone, perseverance, last summer at a camp where I was speaking. We were coming out of the cafeteria uh, just after lunch and uh, I saw a cluster of people gathered around. So I went over to see what they were looking at and it was a chrysalis that was hanging off a twig attached to a branch. A caterpillar had spun itself into a silky cocoon where it had hung for a week or two. And there we were all watching as that thin, frail, former caterpillar, now butterfly, started chipping away and, and prying and, and pushing and striving to, to, to work those muscles to, 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 that will be needed for him to be able to fly, to, to start to break out of that cocoon and to become all that God had created him to be. So now, would it have been easier for that caterpillar to just keep chilling in the cocoon forever? Sure, but that's not God's plan for butterflies, and it's not his plan for you, and it's not his plan for me. Oh, now, we would like to think well, God will never put me through struggles. He'll never put me through the fire, but that is not biblical. That is a myth. Throughout history, God has always allowed more to be put upon his people than they could handle on their own strength. And we know why. He tells us in, in Romans 5, 4, because 
Suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. And of course, we believers, we wouldn't be here today were it not for the hoopamone, for the perseverance of our Lord Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame. And through his grace, we too can endure. And what'll be our reward? The reminder that once we have fought our good fight and finished the race and kept the faith, we will inherit the crown of righteousness that he holds in store for each of us. But meanwhile, we must persevere, confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in us will bring it through to completion in us to that final day of Jesus Christ. Years ago, I heard the story about a silversmith who was asked, how can you know if you've left the silver in the fire long enough for the impurities to be melted away? The silversmith said, oh, that's easy. When I can look into that molten silver and I see my face, and I see my face reflecting back from it, I know it's become pure. Our divine silversmith, friends, is allowing us right now to go through some fire. Why? So that his image will be better reflected in our faces. And so we must persevere. How are you doing at that? How are you doing at this? Hoopamone, perseverance. May the God who gives perseverance and encouragement, that's the second word. Our God gives encouragement to us, his children. He gives this as well. It, it, it so encouraged me last Saturday evening when we had the drive-in service and, and your cars came and and you waved and some of you sat in your lawn chairs and we sang the songs and, and you honked your horns and when you wanted to say amen. And that was an encouragement for, for my soul. And, and I know from many of your notes, it encouraged your soul as well. Encouragement is a word that means to breathe courage into another person. Sort of like, remember in Genesis, right there at the very beginning when Adam is created, but Adam is not alive yet. Until what? Until God breathes his life into Adam. And in the same way, we are called to breathe life and courage into each other. That is encouragement. And the God who gives encouragement to us, he charges us to do that, to breathe courage into our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. But you say, it's hard to do in this day and era. It's hard to do nowadays because I don't see people at the right sequences and times like I normally used to. And it's just, does nothing feels right, I know. But you have a phone. And with a phone, you, you can do a lot of encouraging 
even if you only use it to text. I'll illustrate. Uh, on Saturday evenings, I began to think about other pastors and how, well, I know what I feel, so I figure they're probably feeling a similar thing. So I just began to text and say, hey, how are you doing? How's it going? Perhaps I, I watched some of your service. I watched your sermon online the other day. I loved what you're doing. This is such a creative idea. We may have to try that at FaithBridge. Just wanted you to know, I'm, I'm praying for you. You're doing a good job. And they write right back. Man, thanks, that means so much to me, blah, blah, blah. And they send their notes of encouragement. Or the other night, I, uh, I had gone to Crust Pizza uh, just to pick up our supper. And um, while I was waiting in the car uh, for the food to, to, to come out, I glanced over at the restaurant's patio tables and I saw sitting there at one of those outside tables a Faithbridge family of five who were eating their supper. And so I, after getting my food, our food, I, I drove up 10 or 15 feet, rolled down the window and said, hey guys, how are y'all doing? We talked for 20 or 30 seconds and before I went on. Well, I, I think it was about an hour, maybe two later, I got a text um, from that father. And he, he, he just sent me a brief text and said, hey, Pastor Ken, seeing you prompted me to drop you a note on how I felt for a couple of months, but I, I just haven't articulated it. I'm grateful and I'm proud of how Faithbridge has stepped it up during these uncertain times on all fronts, from COVID-19, the inability to meet as a congregation, to recent race issues. Your leadership has been on point and I see God at work through you and the staff of our church. I'm praying that you feel strengthened and encouraged and vigorous to keep up the good fight despite the lack of normal every week interactions with the flock that God has entrusted to you. I pray you're filled with wisdom and insight and focus for how we all fit in during these challenging times. You're doing well and I'm proud of you and I'm proud of Faith Bridge. God bless you, my friend. I'm telling you, I coasted on that encouragement for the rest of the night. Friends, we're called to breathe courage into one another in this era. In fact, one of the benefits of being a part of the body of Christ is that that same God who breathed life into us gives us then the calling to encourage others. But it means that you have to sort of tune into what other people might be thinking or feeling. That's the hard part. I think that's the disconnect. It's hard because we'd rather only tune into ourselves. I want you to care about my thoughts, my feelings, my hopes, my needs. But all that leads to is a bundle of selfishness. Paul is saying, brothers and sisters, shift your focus to somebody else for a minute and consider how you might spur one another on towards love and good deeds, encouraging one another and all the more as we see that final day approaching. So after perseverance and after encouragement, what's the third thing? May the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says, harmony. I want you to live in harmony 
or unity with one another, that all together with one great voice, Christian believers will glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus. Why? Because if Christian believers are not unified, you know what we will sound like? It won't be pretty. Sort of like, have you ever gone to a symphony orchestra before seven o'clock when it starts? And all they're doing is tuning. You hear all the instruments and it's just a cacophony of sound. It's nothing beautiful. It's nothing breathtaking. It's just noise. And that's my concern that the church, the church is not the buildings. The church is the people that the people, the Christians, the believers are starting to sound like cacophony. That's in fact my biggest concern in this area era. It's not that churches have had to go online or that we've had to navigate and still are reopening and some churches have reopened and now they gotta close and, and then reopen and everybody's trying to find their, their, their on-ramp and, and it's complex, but that's not even the, the biggest of my concerns. Those are just headaches we gotta work through. My biggest concern is that the stress of this era is causing believers to lose their minds and their wits. I listen to what some Christians are saying and I read what they're posting and I ask to myself, how can you say that you follow Jesus? Look at how you're tearing down another brother or another sister in, in Christ. Jesus says, greater love has no man than this that he lay down his life for his friends. I don't see a lot of believers nowadays laying down much of anything. They're picking up. They're picking up their volumes and, and their screamings and their rights and their feelings and they're picking up their demands on others and, and calling for those. And, and as if Jesus said, this is what I'm supposed to do, isn't it? I'm a good Christian. No, that is not what he called us to do. And it's tearing down the body of Christ. It's, it's kind of like this. My boys, Wesley and William, are 12 and 15 now. They're very physical, always have been. They love to wrestle. They say, bring on the contact and bring it as hard as you can. And you have to understand, I was never into contact sports myself. I, I never had a brother. I did have a younger sister, uh, six years younger. Uh, plus, I was a musician, and musicians don't tackle. I think that's why I liked hanging out with the musicians. But my boys, for as long as I can remember, they wrestle like dogs, laughing and hollering and grunting and tumbling and rolling across the floor the whole time. And I'm telling you, it's something to behold. In fact, years ago, I looked at Suzanne one time and I said, is this normal? You know, do I need to be concerned? And she laughed and she said, she who has two brothers, she said, no, nah, this is normal. This is just how they show their affection uh, to each other. But occasionally, they go too far. I always know the sound of it if one of them gone too far. It sounds sort of like a screaming banshee, like one has lost his mind and the other is genuinely terrified. And you know, I, one starts yelling out and singing about how they're gonna dance on the other's grave and I have to jump up and intervene and run over and go wherever they are and say, whoa, 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 stop. That is too far. You're done. Go to your rooms. Take a breather. Why? Because in our family, ultimately, we are on Team Whirline. 
So you can push the limits and you can wrestle and tackle and holler and cackle, but when you genuinely start to hurt the other, you have flipped a switch and you have turned against Team Warlinen and that is not acceptable because if our team gets torn up from the inside out, we will be of no good to other people, let alone to each other. And similarly, friends, if the body of Christ is permitted to be torn up from the inside out during these trying days, the rest of the world will look at us and laugh and say, you Christians, you're not any different than the rest of us. Oh, you say you're all about loving Jesus and loving others, but look at you, listen to you, read your promptings. If becoming a Christian means I need to become like you, I don't know why I would because you're already entirely like me and everybody else I know. Don't you see, brothers and sisters, all of us, not just FaithBridge Christians, but believers all around our city, all around the country, all around the world, rich believers, poor believers, tall believers, short believers, white believers, black believers, every other kind of believer in Jesus, we're all on Team Jesus but the devil loves the t- dissension. He loves to tear people apart from the inside out. Marriages, families, neighborhoods, cities, nations. There's nothing new. First Peter 5, 8, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. So friends, in this era, we, the believers, More than ever, we must be banding together. Banding not around a politician, not around a political party, not around a skin color, banding not around a socioeconomic status, no. All of those things must be subjugated to the authority of our King, Jesus. The one who came from heaven to live the life of sinless perfection that we couldn't live, to die the death that we all deserve so that he could conquer the grave that we would never have been able to conquer so that we might be brought back into the unity with our Father in heaven that all of us forsook in our sin nature. Friends, we believers must subjugate everything else despite differences to the end that we would stand together around our Lord Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. If you and I are on a mission with Team Jesus to bring others on to Team Jesus, we have to be unified for Team Jesus because only, only as we pursue him with all of our heart and mind and soul and strength will we with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. But just imagine, imagine if we could do it. Oh, what a great harmonious sound we would make for him if believers near and far all around were raising our hallelujahs together. And so, may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That, friends, is who you and I are called to be. That's who we're called to be, brothers and sisters. That's where we're going at Faith Bridge. That's where the hope is found, believer. And I, for one, I can't wait to see 
and to hear the beauty of our combined harmonious voices, glorifying our Lord Jesus together, singing our hallelujahs together. Let's pray about it. Lord, wouldn't you do a work inside of us? These are trying times, but for every time, for every season, you've spoken a word. Thank you for Romans 15, five. Thanks for the instruction that it gives to us. So practical, so applicable for this era that we're in. God, I pray that you might help us not just to hear it, but to appropriate it, to absorb it, and to begin to implement it and live it out. Friends, if you're watching and you've never crossed the line of faith in the first place, you've never said yes to Jesus in the first place, I invite you right now just to, as I pray aloud, you just can pray silently something along the lines of, of these words. Lord, I want to step across the line of faith. I want to take you, Jesus, as my savior. I'm asking you to come into my life to forgive me of my sins, to cleanse me of all unrighteousness, to fill me full with a new spirit, your spirit, to teach me what it means to walk in newness and purpose um, of life for you and for your sake. I'm asking you, Lord, today to become my savior. For we pray all these things in the strong name of Jesus, amen.